It's Free Talk Live, the live Sunday edition of the program. As always, you're invited to join us here. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. We have the Discord call-in line rooms. They're open, they're available to you, and they sound great. You'll sound almost like you're sitting here in the studio. Just join them over at discord.lrn.fm. Coming up there, is, we've got a load of uh, stories here tonight with you. It's Ian. And Richard Rich. Lots of stuff to talk about, but a lot of the times we won't get to probably a fraction of it because, well, conversations go in different directions and Free Talk Live is always open phones. But I want to start with, and I'm tempted to start with Jeffrey Epstein's panties. Why not? Uh, but I don't want to because okay. there's been a lot of coverage about Epstein in the last couple of weeks, although I do have it. Um, here and it's ridiculous. And it dominates the news cycle, man. Like the Epstein thing, yeah, yeah, it's all over the place from every every direction, every news outlet. Yeah, I kind of thought it was going to die off after he died, uh, but it's actually continued. The story continues to have legs because the really weird crap's coming out now, like the the stuff that uh, is being unearthed about things that he did back when he was in jail the first time, yep. like a decade ago. Uh, there's some, you know, details have come out. Documents have been released that have previously not. But, but there's other news that's worth talking about, and uh, and and one of them is about ransomware. Okay, which you familiar with ransomware? Very familiar. Can with you it. explain for our listeners who maybe are unfamiliar what it is? So it's basically software that hackers use to take control uh, over, in this case, municipalities' uh, computer systems. Over anybody's computer system. Over anybody's, yeah. but it, you know, it, it's, it's been more popular for municipalities um, recently where they shut it down, they lock it down, you're not able to access anything uh, unless you pay them for the unlock keys. And, and it's usually you, Bitcoin. It is usually Bitcoin. I, though I've heard they're moving to Monero on some of the ransomware. S- smart. Um, but it, but that these actually existed prior to Bitcoin, as I understand it. Yeah. It would uh, require like prepaid credit cards be sent somewhere or something like that. Yeah. Because um, those those used to be the way that you know you, that the ransom was untraceable back to the, right. Yeah. I mean, you would be able to trace where you were sending them to, but uh, if that was in another country, then you know you might be SOL as far as enforcing. I'm not sure exactly how they they did the drop. You know, were, were they dropping at a at a location like a bag full of cards, or were they being told to mail them that I don't uh, somewhere? I don't know. I didn't start to hear about ransomware until it became a Bitcoin thing. Okay. Um, well, Bitcoin makes it easy. It certainly does make it easy for the ransomers. Yes. And I guess it makes it easy for the relatively easy for the person to pay the ransom uh, because it's a lot easier to buy some Bitcoin than to go around and buy however many 50 different cards that you would need. Because well, a lot of those have a limit on what you can put true. there. Unless, unless you're a bureaucracy, again, where you got to get like 50 signatures to, to cut the check to buy so, the Bitcoin. And they are targeting uh, bureaucracies now, which I just love. I mean, I am. it's sad when you see a, a normal, productive company getting hit by ransomware. Um, I remember I had, there was, I won't say who it was. Um, actually, I don't even know the company's name, but a, a friend in the area or acquaintance or whatever, somebody who knew I I'm, was into Bitcoin contacted me a couple of years ago, maybe like three years ago now, and said, I think it was like two, two or three years ago. Anyway, he said uh, a friend of his had been hit by ransomware and they needed $2,000 worth of Bitcoin as soon as possible. That's small potatoes now. Right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, of course, my first response was, do they have a backup? You know, if you've got a backup, 
of all your important files, go ahead and just, you know, install a new operating system yep. and start from scratch and load your backup. It's going to be a, a day or two of productivity. It's going to be a lot less hassle and, and frustration than paying off these ransomware people who... Even if you pay them, you still have to trust that they're going to honor their agreement and unlock and sometimes the they files. Don't. And I suspect there's a lot of the times where they don't. I don't know how Although, often that happens. I, I would suggest that the, the economics at play there would lead them to unlock it, right? Because if, mm-hmm. if they're like, you know, if, if they're the hacker group that's known for not unlocking after you pay the ransom, well, then they're not going to get any more ransom payments. I see what you're saying. Right. But if they if they're like oh yeah these those guys unlocked it after we mm. paid the ransom <laughs> they're honorable well, they're, they're honorable <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's okay to pay that ransom because we know we're gonna we know we're gonna get the you know we're gonna get it back yeah I just you know they got you once don't get, don't put yourself in a position where they they know they can get you again and get money out of you yeah um and of course the best way to avoid this position in the first place is to have a backup of your most important files because then you yeah. can just go to the backup and wipe the drive well with companies uh, and municipalities it's not even like the most important files it's it's daily transactions mm-hmm. right if you close out your day you know, your business day and you've got all those you know uh, receipts for you know Cash payments and credit card payments. Those could be gone. Those if you could have to be revert gone. to a last week's backup right. or something. Yeah. Um, and in a lot of cases, too. Well, uh, and they should be backing up every day then, if that's the case. That is that is also true. Yeah. And a lot of times, what happens is they don't see the 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 ransomware sits, and they don't see it, and then the 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 um, the file, the hacker file, mm-hmm. the virus um, gets uploaded to the backup. So then you can't even. So you have to, you have oh, to backup no. upon backups because that's also an issue. Um, Depending on if you have like you know sequential backups on an off-site server or mm-hmm. however you're doing it, it's possible to back up the the virus, and then when you restore, the virus is still there. So you got to. It's important to be very very careful um, when when dealing with those types of things and files in general, personal as well. Yeah, I don't know enough about how viruses really work. It used to be back in the old days, you had to run a thing, you had to like run an executable file in order to get infected. I don't know if there are other ways that. They can do it now. Well, so so now like it's, they put in your bootloader or something like that. The I think the ones with the municipalities and the corporations is still the old fashioned way. Mm-hmm. The the way they they do it is they trick uh, low level employees to running to a program. Running, yeah. Right? You know, you you go online. You know, some you know big corporation or whatever. You find out the you know the CEO's name or the vice president's name or whatever, mm-hmm. and you. You know, you, you have a pretty good idea of what his email address would be. Is like first initial, last name yep. at company name, dot whatever, and then you say Diamond at Chase dot com, right? And yeah. then you 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 um, fake that email address as the return address. Send send the send the file to a low level employee, right? Dis, dis, you know, uh, disguised as like an Excel document. They go, hey, can you check this? Yeah. And then they go, oh, Jay Diamond wants us to check this, and then they open it. Boom, and infected, boom, infected, yeah. propagates through the network before they even know what happened. And, you know, bigger corporations, harder to back up everything, you know, more data, even on a daily basis. And that's how they get you. At least 20, according to Fox News, local government entities across Texas have been taken hostage by a coordinated ransomware attack, said the Texas Department of Information Resources on Friday. The specific agencies in their jurisdictions were not disclosed, nor did the department say whether the cyber criminals had specified an amount to pay in ransom. Well, generally, that's what happens with a ransomware attack. Yep. There's usually some amount that they've chosen. 
they then talk about what uh, ransomware is. We just did that. Texas DIR press secretary told uh, KUT Radio the department was still gathering information about the attack. Uh, Texas Military Department and A&M University System Cyber Response and Security Operations Center are responding to the more critically impacted areas, said the IT department. Texas is not the first state to fall victim to ransomware attacks. I heard Baltimore okay. uh, got hit recently as well. It isn't uncommon for hackers to demand up to six-figure sums in order to get government's computer systems back up and running, and it's also not unusual for the town's to actually pay the ransom. So more of that, please. Let's up it to seven figures and then redistribute that wealth back to the taxpayers. Yeah, they're probably not going to do the last part. Eh. And that is part of the the problem here. While it is fun to watch governments struggle against some of the most basic of of attacks, um, unfortunately, all the money that goes to fix these problems is going to come out of taxpayers' pockets. So that is the downside of this. Although, that said, I do enjoy seeing... Uh, the government in disarray because if you shut down their systems, then they don't know what to do. They, yeah. they haven't done a handwritten, you know, entry in some database. They can't. They, they, it's, there's not even likely a backup plan as far as how do we operate if our systems are down. They're just completely cut well, off. They just put the closed sign right. out the door and then you're screwed if you have government business to take care of that's true yeah if you uh if you have a deadline with the government and the government systems are down that's usually going to be seen as your fault if you miss yep. the date they'll suspend your driver's license or whatever it is they were going to do 855 450 free and then you just have to tell the judge about what happened 855-450-3733 you want to talk ransomware or whatever's on your mind you can on free talk This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves here. All you have to do is dial in toll-free. Our number is 855-450-FREE. We're talking about ransomware, and specifically the ransomware that has targeted various governments uh, across the United States. Recently, it was announced that at least 20 different governments, uh, local municipalities in Texas have been what they call taken hostage by a coordinated ransomware attack. So it hit simultaneously, apparently, at different uh, bureaucracies across the state. you got to give these guys credit uh, for successfully infiltrating. I mean, it's probably not that hard, actually. The government is, is known for being pretty crappy at everything it does, so I suspect their IT department is not exactly a crack team of experts yeah. Uh, that you know you might find at a an actual technology you know company or something like that. Well, and a lot of the viruses that come out, the the groups aren't the ones creating it, right? It's you know it's it's probably somewhere on 4chan mm-hmm. uh, where you just you know download the virus, um, you know, and instructions on how to do it, and then all you got to do is have, get a victim, get a get a victim, and enough computer skills to like you know like I said to socially engineer right. that victim and have them run the executable as it were. Indeed. And so that is resulting in a large demand, but we don't know how much the Texas bureaucrats are not saying uh, what the ransom being demanded is. However, according to the story at foxnews.com, recently Baltimore spent millions of taxpayer dollars to regain access to its networks following ransomware attacks. So unfortunately, you know, for, for some companies, and maybe some individuals. This is what it takes for them to uh, to you know learn 
the yeah. habit of creating a backup system. You know, there's it's not expensive to do backups. It's so it's not about the cost. It's just about whether or not somebody has taken whatever time it takes to say, hmm, maybe I should back this up. What should I do? What should I? What service should I use? What what uh, format? You know, should I just grab a hard drive off a shelf and plug that in once a week and copy everything over manually, or do I want to get an online service that I can just tell it, okay, back these folders up and then forget about it? Uh, so there's different ways to to kind of go about it. It takes good practice and good habits, and the people most likely to use those are the ones who have lost a hard drive yep. or, or have gone through a hard drive failure or been subject to some sort of ransom, because uh, then all of a sudden it's like, man, I should have had that, you know? Uh, I, I, I used to work, I used to do door-to-door sales for home security systems, mm. and part of the sales pitch was, look at all the crime in your neighborhood. Sure. Right? And This no, could be you. This could be you. But the po- the people most eager to sign up were the ones who like, that was me. <laughs> I was robbed. <laughs> yep. I was robbed, and now I want your services. Right. And we were like, we were in your neighborhood last week. You could have already had it. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so if you, if, you, if you haven't been hit yet, you're less likely to want to go through the process. Sure. Because it's tedious. It's time consuming. You have to learn how to do it. You have to be meticulous in actually doing it or run the software that runs it automatically. Right. And I most- wouldn't say it's too time consuming. I mean, a lot of the online stuff makes it pretty easy. Sure. You know, sign up, pay whatever the price is on your credit card, and then run the software, select the, the stuff that you think is important, yeah. and, uh, and then let it do its magic at the that point. Diligently verify that it's being done. That it's actually it, happening. It, actually yeah, happening. it is important to make sure yeah. that the files are actually there. Uh, but some of them will uh, th- some of them will give you a notice if something goes wrong as well. You might get yeah. an email in saying, "Hey, we haven't we haven't seen your backup in two days. You know something wrong, uh, and you know, maybe something is wrong, and you need yeah. to look into it." So there is a little bit of time to be yeah. invested, but uh, it's nowhere near. It will seem like nothing if you actually do end up getting hit with ransomware, yeah. and then you have to either spend a ton of time. You know, uh, or, or if effort trying to chase down uh, getting the ransom paid, that will be a very time-consuming and frustrating activity by comparison, and far more costly. Especially for people who don't understand and don't know crypto, right? Because then, like, what right. is Bitcoin? Yeah, you got to start from zero. Su- how am I supposed to get that? And then l- learn that process right. along the way. They give you instructions on that. I think. sure go go to this website right. to buy it because <laughs> yeah. oh, you could trust that too, right? So if you want to join the conversation, maybe you've had to deal with this stuff. Our toll free number is eight fifty five four fifty free. Riviera Beach, Florida, paid six hundred thousand dollars in ransom recently. Lake City, located west of Jacksonville, nearly spent half a million dollars to get their data unlocked. So if you are a ransomware person, you ought to be targeting governments, right? Because little companies aren't going to be able to cough up half a million dollars. Uh, But the government, they probably can. They probably have that sitting in the bank. So it's no big deal uh, for them. Target the federal government. They can just print up more of it. There you go. And again, I just, you know, I don't want to see innocent people get hit by ransomware, but I don't shed any tears if it turns out that uh, some government bureaucracy somewhere is being flustered by this, that just, it actually kind of warms my heart. I'm with you. I'm smiling the whole time we've been talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the phones. Your calls and thoughts. You are welcome here. Uh, Jerome in South Carolina, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Yes. I just want to say, I hope like hell we have a recession because really? I'm sick of these lies that Trump keeps giving out to people. And people keep eating it up, and I just hope this lie that he's telling now, oh, no, there's not going to be a recession, and Cudlow 
there's other mouthpieces and all these other Trump mouthpieces keep saying, oh, no, there's not going to be a recession. I hope it does, because I remember when President Obama first got elected, Rush Limbaugh out of his own big, fat uh, mouth, you know, with the, the cyborg, with the cyborg on the side of his head, says, I hope you fail. Okay? That's exactly what he said, because I heard him say hmm. So when it comes to Trump, I hope this happens like hell. Well, now, isn't I, I would just love it. I mean, isn't it kind of bad to wish uh, negative economic circumstances on your neighbors because you the don't like a poli- population? Yeah, because <laughs> you don't like one politician. I mean, the odds are Trump's going to get caught in a bunch of lies. So if that's what you want to see happen, is He's Trump- already been caught in a bunch of lies. Well, right. So yeah. if that's what you want to see happen, then you know why would this be any different? Well, look, if this was a Democrat. Lying like this every time he opens his pie hole, the Republican Party would be all, hey, Fox would be, their ratings would be through the roof. You know, lying Fox. Well, I mean, they all lie. So Trump lies, Trump lies, Obama lies, Bush lies, Clinton lies. They all lie. So, of course, the, you know, the Republicans would be all over a Democrat, just in the same way the Democrats are all over the Republican. You can. I'm just responding to what you said here. You know, the idea, you know, you're not suggesting that Democrats don't lie either, right? I'm not suggesting that, but they pay a price for it because they keep calling you socialist this and and the party of racism. So and and then they're uh, picking on these women um, from uh, the Democratic Party, these new women, uh, Congresswomen. They're picking on them. He he made the woman cry the other day because he went and strong armed Netanyahu into not letting her go to sit so she could see her grandmother. Now how horrible Hmm. is that, man? What is that? Hey, I heard that that was a political play. Yeah, it sounds like politics to me. Typical petty. Uh, political games. Like I heard they bent over backwards to let her in, and then she chose not to go. The last time this economy tanked was, remember, when the Republican Party, who do not get blamed for it, put us in a 10-year war with Iraq. Okay? A 10-year war. Which Barack Obama didn't do anything to... You know, Barack Obama didn't do anything to end that, of course. He didn't shut down Guantanamo or anything like that. So, you know, the the Middle East conflict continues to this day. Uh, You can thank both the Republicans and the Democrats for that, Jerome. I mean, the whole partisan thing just doesn't fly with me. But I thank you for the call and sharing your thoughts. The toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. This is Free Talk Live. Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com, allowing you to buy or sell Bitcoin cash via dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposit, remittances, or meeting in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to sign up for and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. Finally, a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin cash. Local.bitcoin.com It's Free Talk Live, live Sunday edition of the program. Open phones as always. You can call in, bring up whatever you want. Our toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. But if you think you're going to convince us that the problem is one party versus another party, that there's some, you know, that one party's worse uh, than the other party, I, I don't know if I if I can be persuaded on that. I think they're both just terrible at the moment i hear that a lot even amongst the liberty community you hear they're both terrible no i hear that you know the the democrats are so bad that we have to support 
Trump, the Republicans, and Trump. Yeah, this was this was an art um, an argument that was brought up frequently in 2016 by some within the uh, the libertarian community. Libertarians well. for Trump was a thing. That was a thing. I was so disappointed. In I suspect, so many people. I suspect it'll be a thing again coming up in uh, in 2020 because it's not like the Libertarian Party is going to offer anybody decent. <laughs> likely, they failed miserably at that in the last three uh, presidential elections. They've absolutely failed to actually run a real libertarian. So, you know, you can't blame people for trying to figure something else out. But, yeah, I don't I don't buy the claim that uh, that any of these parties are any better. Trump, you know, I can compliment him in that he's entertaining at the very least. But that's about all that he gets. You know, there's there's a couple things he's done that's been all right. um, But some things he's done is absolutely terrible, like the. uh, the tariffs, for instance, absolutely horrible. Uh, yep. Continuing to bomb people in the Middle East, that's no good. But to his credit, he's kind of done a couple different kind of anti-war things while he's been in there. And some deregulation for business. A little bit of that, yeah. yeah. So that's not a bad thing. And uh was pointed out last night, uh, Chris Riemann pointed out, that he actually has not even achieved Barack Obama's level of deportations yet. I don't even think it's close. The yeah. Last, the last thing I thought, the, right. the last stat I saw. So a lot of it's just a bunch of tough talk. Yeah. Uh, more than it is actual, you know, doing things. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. So I'd rather have that. I'd rather have a tough talker who's not doing as much than somebody who is doing way more. So. Under the guise of being like so... Uh so good and so pure and so moral like obama <laughs> right like the the post that i see now coming from you know the right about obama is mm-hmm. oh man his his ability to speak so eloquently really makes it easy to swallow all the bombings and deportations and you know all the bad stuff that he did for no, eight doesn't. years well it, for democrats it does ah, it definitely right. does right he's like the greatest president ever for a lot of people uh on on the left even though he was just basically george bush the third because he was such a better speaker and had a better yeah. presence than yep. George Bush the second that they, they overlook it. Go darkbags.com slash FTL. That is where you can go to acquire yourself a Faraday bag. Now, what is a Faraday bag? Probably got a lot of copper in it. That is where you put a thing. Well, I don't know what they, they make these bags out of, but uh, it is where you put your mobile phone if you would like to not have it be tracked. Uh, it will. You can still leave the phone on. And it will not be tracked inside of one of the Go Dark bags. And one of the things I learned that I did not know is that even if you put your phone on airplane mode, it still continues to track your location. And I had no idea. I figured putting it in airplane mode would completely disable like GPS tracking or whatever. But apparently it doesn't. And I actually verified this claim when I saw it in the, the copy for Go Dark Bags. I'm like, really? Is that true? And so I went and I looked around and I found some pretty valid resources saying that it was. So if you truly want to be off the grid, of course, a lot of phones don't even have a way to remove the battery these days. you got to pop your, ba- your, uh, your phone in one of these Go Dark Bags. Go to GoDarkBags.com slash FTL to get yours, and that's GoDarkBags.com slash FTL. If you're tired of being treated like a wild animal, tagged and tracked for scientific study just so tech companies can make a fortune selling your location history, or you just don't want the government to know where you are, uh, GoDarkBags.com slash FTL. You can go and get your Faraday bag there. Let's go to uh, your calls and thoughts. And then coming up, you've got a story, Richie, from uh, Jeffrey Tucker, maybe an opinion piece uh, from Jeffrey Tucker, who we've had on the show on a number of times in the past. Very talented 
uh, well-spoken. I got to see him speak at Porkfest. Liberty guy. Yeah, actually, I put his uh, Porkfest speech online a few weeks ago nice. on the Free Keen YouTube channel. But let's go to actually somebody watching on YouTube. Aaron is in St. Louis. Aaron, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. What's up, fellas? How y'all doing? Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, you know, and seriously, history just it, it suggests the same. You guys are uh, bipartisan in, you know, everything that I've heard. Uh, you're skeptical about everything you hear, regardless if it comes from CNN or, or Fox or whatnot. Hey, man, and can you I, do me a favor? Really, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Can you, like, back off your phone by, like, an inch or two just a little too loud? I'm sorry. Makes, oh, it, let me pick up. Is this better? I don't know yet, but uh, keep going. I would say nonpartisan, okay, well, by the way. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm partisan in favor of freedom. Okay, I'll accept that. Yeah, Nonpartisan is a, a much better term. Thank you. But uh, I just I wanted to pick you guys' brains uh, about uh, Bernie Sanders because, um, because I, I truly think that we share the same political ideology. And Who is we? I've said, Who's we? Well, you? me and you guys. Oh, okay. Okay. Got Not it. you and Bernie. And okay. oh, well, <laughs> maybe that too. But um, I, I've always said like Bernie is going to be the best candidate that I'll never be able to vote for. What do you mean but by that? I wanted to see. What, what does that mean? Well, I mean because like when the Democratic Party ousts him out of you know the own primary. I mean, I'm never going to be able to vote for Bernie. Why would you want to vote for Bernie if you could? Like, what is what well, is the policy because, positions that you like of his? Because because a Democrat, Republican, or Independent, I feel that to affect any kind of real change in this country, somebody is going to have to stand up for big government. Or, well, that's not going to be Bernie uh, Sanders. He's yeah. not a he's not against big government. Not big government. I apologize. Um, Big corporations? Big corporations, yeah. Well, he's not against big corporations either because he were, he is in favor of the government. I mean, those are some of the biggest corporations. Uh, well, all right, you're, you're playing a word game right now. No, but, no, I'm not playing uh, word games. No, no, seriously, look at your uh, your town government or city government. It's a, it's a corporation. They're called municipal corporations. Usually registered in, in so, Delaware? I, I don't know. Okay. but the, That was a thing before. They... The people who are playing word games with you are the attorneys who are running for political office and who are doing things like creating corporations in the first place. That they're, they're the ones playing word games. They're the ones who say that, oh, well, we're just going to write some words down on a piece of paper, we'll call it a corporation, and then protect a bunch of rich people from liability. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be fair to the caller for a minute and say I understand what you're saying. You're talking about like the big corporations like AT&T and Verizon. He's talking about non-governmental Amazon, corporations. Non-governmental corporations that have uh, what they would describe as monopoly powers in the industry that affects the consumer negatively. And Correct. Bernie, right. Mm-hmm. So, but the the where people stop there, the next question to ask is how did they acquire these monopoly powers in their geographic region? And uh, in most cases, in almost all cases, uh, it's it's granted to them by the local government in that area. So if you eliminate big government and eliminate government altogether, uh, you will introduce competition into that marketplace. Um, and many of those larger corporations would have to compete uh, for on, on customer service and quality of service uh, because more 
competitors will enter that marketplace. Well, I mean, my only argument with that is that you're saying that McDonald's becomes like the megaliath of fast food and is able to pay their employees under uh, a substantial wage and has it uh, subsidized by uh, government. You know what? They get they get food, they get housing, they get all that, and that's all because the local level allowed it. Yeah, I don't think you did a good job of explaining uh, in that case, Richie, because the people that are in favor of what Bernie Sanders is saying aren't just talking about monopoly. Okay. They uh, and you know, there's there's no monopoly in the hamburger business, That's right? True. They're just mad about big corporations. They're mad about business. They think that business needs to be reined in uh, by these people in government. And if you want, Aaron, uh, just stand by. We can continue. The, if you have time, stand by. We'll, we'll continue with you here on this because it's an important question. Um, you know, what do you do about these big corporations? That's basically what a lot of these people are concerned with. Sure. Uh, whether they're monopolies or not is another question. 855-450-FREE. More coming up. Free talk. It's Free Talk Live, live Sunday edition of the program. You're invited to join us. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. With you here tonight is Ian. And Richie Rich. And be sure you check out more of Richie on his show, The Anarchist Experience. Anarchistexperience.com. What's the latest over there at Anarchist Experience? Oh, man. We spent the whole hour uh, this weekend uh, on on the idea of the locus of control in individuals. And how whether or not being considered smart or educated Mm -hmm. has an impact on what you perceive to be your locus of control. And then tie that into whether or not people with uh, low levels, low locus of control tend to lean more communist and socialist uh, because they don't feel like they have control over their own life. Wow. That actually sounds like a really interesting discussion. Yeah, it was. (laughs) Usually uh, we usually we do it and then we do some articles, you know. Like, yeah, you got into yeah, it though. But we got into deep, it. Yeah, deep, deep. Check it out at at uh, anarchistexperience.com. Yes, sir. Uh, so we are talking with Aaron in St. Louis right now. He's back on the line with us, watching on YouTube. Aaron, thanks for hanging on um, because you'd no called problem. you'd called with a you know an honest question about well, what do you think about Bernie Sanders? And you brought up a couple of concerns with let's say the corporate America and the way they treat employees and, you know, pay structures and things like that. And, you know, I certainly don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like it sounds like whatever it is that Bernie Sanders has said about these issues has kind of attracted your attention. Would that be accurate? I I mean, the the whole uh, crux of the argument is that the Dow is at an all time high and wages for the working class have been flat since I've gotten out of college. And how old are you now? 20 years ago. 20 years ago. Okay. So you're almost 40 or approximately 40. I'm almost 40. Yeah. Right. And seriously, like we see nothing. We see inflation, of -hmm. course, like Mm -hmm. a a McDouble is $2 now instead of a dollar when I got out of college. Yeah. But what the wages I've paid to pay for that McDouble is the same. What is yes. your, what is where are you currently working where your wages have stagnated? If you don't mind, I'm in insurance. In I insurance, insurance. Okay. salesman. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, now you are you getting commission? Right. I yes. Okay. So, okay. Like so not not 
like if I was running my own franchise, but yeah. So you're actually doing all right then, right? Because sales, you can get paid based on what you sell. So it's not the same situation as an hourly burger flipper. Right. I, I'm not saying that I'm in the same predicament right. as somebody that, you know, is getting minimum wage. But you're looking out there and you're, you're you're looking out there and you're saying somebody who uh, and I, I don't disagree with you here. I, I think you're absolutely right. Somebody out there who's sitting at a job getting nine bucks an hour, which is what they got paid 10 years ago or whatever. Uh, right. You know, that that the cost of living has gone up in that time because of inflation, which, of course, is a government created problem. Right. The gov- the government inflates the money supply. And because for listeners that don't know, that's what inflation is. That's where the government increases the supply of money in the economy. And so therefore prices go up usually to sort of chase because the same the larger amount of money is chasing the same amount of goods, basically. And so prices tend to go up uh, with inflation. So if it costs twice as much to get a hamburger or twice as much to get a loaf of bread, but you're still making the same amount your quality of life or standard of living has gone down effectively. So you're making the same amount of money, but it doesn't buy as much uh, as it used to. And anybody that's you know looking at a situation like that is going to go, all right, why is it like this? What's the problem here? And is it something that Bernie can solve? I would also be as concerned with someone who was making $9 an hour for 10 years. Not getting a raise. Not whenever. getting a raise. Because, it's uh, again, th- uh, this goes back to what we talked about on, mm-hmm. on the anarchist experience, right? The locus of control. I don't Aaron? know what the... Get some feedback there? Yeah, it sounds like somebody's talking in the oh, background. Oh, okay. So the, the locus of control is, at some at some level, you have to take responsibility for your income. Not that the government doesn't play a role and that inflation doesn't play a role. Um, I'm not going to say that. It's not like 100%, which is weird as well. But at some point, if, you're, if the value you're offering is only $9 an hour for 10 years... Mm-hmm. What have you done during that time to add more value to the organization or to add more skill sets to your repertoire to be more valuable to a different organization uh, where you're unable to convince someone to pay you more? These are legitimate. I mean, what you're saying here, Richie, are really good personal questions that somebody should ask themselves in a circumstance. A lot of self-reflection. Like that. There's no doubt that success has a lot more to do with you or the individual than it does some corporate structure or whatever the payment rates are at some corporation. Uh, You're not wrong about that. However, that doesn't really address the question on the table. And that is, you know, what about those people who maybe aren't that great at, at getting better? You know, maybe they're they're below average as far as uh, intelligence or their capacity to learn or whatever, right, to where they are stuck uh, at the the minimum wage level, or just above the minimum wage, you know, nine bucks is still above the minimum wage. Sure, uh, but it's certainly not a particularly livable uh, kind of a wage. So, what do you do in those circumstances? How can you help those people? Is it something that Bernie can help them with? So, Aaron, is there something that you know Bernie Sanders? Because that's the reason why you called. You wanted to ask us about Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Was there something that he said uh, that you know some plan of his that you thought was going to change this? Well, I mean, at the subject at hand, like a guy that's making nine bucks an hour, how does he make himself more marketable to the world? 
You know, does he go and get a university degree? Like, what no. does he do? No, God, no. Don't get, a, <laughs> don't get a university you know I mean? degree like, because then, then you might end up making nine bucks an hour and have a huge load of debt on your hands after that. Most Many people who've gotten uh, degrees have found that it was not worth uh, their while. But what is it that Bernie's saying is the solution? Has he given anything? Is he just going to hand out degrees to people, free college degrees, and think that's going to solve the problem? Yeah. He's, he, one of his proposals was to, uh, to waive all the debt. Like, you know, remove all college debt from people currently in debt. But that still doesn't solve the problem. I mean, that's nice for those people, you know, having their debt waived, but that doesn't solve the problem. And the problem is, in that case, the problem, one of the problems with college is it doesn't, just doesn't mean that much. Yeah. Um, you know, it costs a lot of money, but it just doesn't mean that much. And if everybody's got a college degree, then everybody's still on the same playing field anyway. So it doesn't ultimately matter. Um, but but is there something specific that he said to address the issue of uh, payness or pay fairness or whatever? Well, my thing is like everybody wants to beat up on Bernie because he's a self proclaimed socialist, and uh, my thing is the United States has been a socialist country from the get go, and the only problem with what they have with Bernie is that he would be moving money in the opposite direction of what the United States has been doing literally since its inception. When you say he and would be moving money that, in the opposite direction, what do you mean? Away from the top. I mean, you've got... From the, the wealthy to the poor. Amen. You've hmm. got the 1% controlling every year more and more and more of the GDP. And, I mean, at what point is, is the tipping point? Well, the the tipping point is when, at some point, the poor revolt, right? When when they're when they're not making so enough. So we're going to bring this to Karl Marx. I mean, that if if you're going to go in the direction of socialism anyway, I'm not I'm not in favor of it. I'm not advocating it. Um, but yes, you know, you, you one way or the other, you're trying to steal quote unquote money from the wealthy and redistribute it to to the poor, and that's either going to happen through political means. Right, which is it's not going to happen very, very effectively because no. as soon as you start to put policies like that in place, you're going to see the rich people get up and leave. Uh, right. Number one, they're not going to want to have their, where, their assets anywhere where they're welcome. New Zealand, <laughs> you know, somewhere where that says, "Come on in, rich people. We won't take your money, and uh, you can just store it here safely." But beyond that, it's a bad plan just because it's not going to work beyond the immorality of it right because you're right richie stealing is not an appropriate way to solve a problem and it won't solve a problem it'll temporarily make somebody feel better maybe when they get an influx of cash from some government theft program but ultimately let's say that tomorrow aaron just you know quick thought experiment here it's not realistic right because we're in the realm of fantasy here the idea that that this amount of wealth redistribution could even be possible but let's just say tomorrow uh you wake up somebody's pressed a magic button and the one percent have had their wealth completely redistributed and a bunch of people all across the united states and the the world maybe have uh, have woken up with a hundred thousand dollars in their bank account what happens then that those that uh are businessmen actually have a chance to invest Mm -hmm. either in themselves in education or in an idea that they never had the money to get off the ground that's what happens. And then okay. the, the poor that were always going to be the poor remain the poor. They'll go spend it. Okay, so right. So the people who don't know how to handle money will blow the money. And so within a matter of, what, a 24-hour period, maybe a week at the most, 
you'll see that money, that wealth, be transferred in various different directions. And at the end of the day, right back to the one percent. You're still going to see the people that know how to handle the money have it, and those that don't don't. More coming up, Aaron. Thanks for the. I'm a little obsessed with my magic mud. Several years ago, I met Jessica Armand, the founder and CEO of My Magic Mud, and I didn't even know my teeth were coffee stained. A week's worth of use convinced me, and now I use it every three or four days. It's clinically proven to whiten teeth, and I think it cleans better too. My Magic Mud's available at most local health food stores, Sprouts, Natural Grocers, CVS, Walmart's Natural Beauty Isle, but I can get it for you for 20% off with coupon code FTL20 at MyMagicMud.com. FTL20 MyMagicMud.com. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, launching into the second hour of the program here you can take control of the airwaves. Coming up, we're going to talk about economics as a honey badger or the honey badger. I'm not sure exactly what a honey badger is. And Oh, you're in for a treat during the next break then. Like I've heard about these honey badgers, but I don't really know a whole lot about them. So you're going to inform me about that, Richie, on the way here. But before we get into more about economics, let's keep talking about what our last caller had called in about. For those of you just tuning in, we had a gentleman, Aaron, on the line uh, who seemed to be uh, taken in by the whole Bernie Sanders rhetoric of, uh, well, these evil corporations, they're just abusing people and we need to hit those one percenters with a big tax. It's the and, rich people's fault you're poor. And redistribute the wealth to the poor. And and so I asked the question of okay, just sort of this ridiculous fantasy of uh, you know what would happen if we just overnight all the world's wealth from the one percent was redistributed to all these other people that don't have it, and uh, you, you know you woke up with a bunch of money in your bank account. And he said that well, for those of us who understand business, uh, who are investors, we would do pretty well. Uh, and then he also admitted that for those who are not those people, like the poor, for instance, yep. uh, they would just go ahead and squander the money. Sure. And and so we didn't have a chance to get much deeper into that, so I thought it would be important to, to talk just a little further. Of course, we'll take your calls. If you want to weigh in on the discussion, our toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. And part of the reason why – and he you know, he admitted that uh, that poor people are not good with money. I was surprised that he admitted that. Yeah, well yeah. – he didn't sound like a total Bernie bot kind of guy. Like okay. he just sounded like interested in what Bernie was was saying. Um, but yeah, there's an admission there that people, even though we're created equal, we're not all good at the same things. You know, we're not all good at uh, A, B, or C. We might be good at A, but not so good at C. There's this division of labor thing that that Thank goes goodness. on in the economy. And you know, like for instance, I I'm terrible when it comes to like you know fixing a car or something like that. But I can build you a new computer from parts, <laughs> no problem. Um, and you know, my compu- uh, my my roommate here, uh, you're not my roommate, but my roommate who who lives here, um, he's like a car guy, but he doesn't do anything with computers. So you know, we're kind of a good match in that way. So if, you know. If I need my oil changed or something, he could probably do it. Now, I've never asked him to because we've got a, a car shop in town that takes Bitcoin, so okay. I always, always go there. Uh, but I was going to say, but then you need him to need some computer repair for the trade to happen. Yeah, but but having skill in handling money, well, that's also a skill, right? Like that's something that you have to learn. I think you know you have to be taught how to be responsible financially. Absolutely. And one of the things that doesn't lead to good finance, uh, you know, abilities is a drug addiction, 
Uh, because even though you might be really smart, you're addicted to some sort of chemical. And so therefore, you're more likely to spend all your money on whatever the, the chemical or whatever the addiction is, gambling or prostitutes or whatever it is. Video games. Yeah. So some people are going to go ahead and squander their resources and others are going to manage their resources effectively and invest them and get right back on top. So as you pointed out at the very end of the segment, Richie, you know, by the by the end of a week, after this magical wealth redistribution happens and finally the 1% have been taken down, they're no longer the 1% and everybody's got a piece of the, the pie, uh, all the pie pieces will have moved around and you'll have the 1% back at, after the end of a very short period of time. Part of the issue with what the caller was suggesting is the the idea of Bernie Sanders coming up with a solution is a, a global or governmental solution for an individual problem, right? Mm-hmm. A, and... What I mean by that is, again, in my opinion, it's the individual that needs to do the work to put themselves in a better financial position. And for a lot of people, that's difficult because they were never put in a good financial position along the way, which is why lottery winners go broke right after a few years. Sure. And, and famous athletes are bankrupt after their career is up and yep. famous musicians spend it all on that two billion dollar house or whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. And in in some respects, right, it's their responsibility for that. But the the reason it gets to that point is because they have a wealth consciousness that doesn't align with the wealth that they have. Mm-hmm, sure. And so they always they end up wherever their consciousness takes them. And if you grow up poor and with no ability to handle money or to to organize your finances effectively, unless you make a change in your own mind along the way, no matter how much money you end up with in the end, you'll find a way to get back to that zero point because that's what you know and that's what your consciousness, quote unquote, allows for. That's a good point. Um, That's not to say that there aren't people who, because of their life circumstances, are behind the ball. Like they may have a consciousness that is good at you know handling money or or you know, creating sure. wealth or or whatever, but they started with nothing, right? So they started yeah. at at the bare minimum uh, with a poor family. They decided they wanted to rise above it, yeah. but the the way society and the government is structured, it does keep certain people down. So, Absolutely. So there are some people who um, have what it takes. They want to to rise up, but they are, let's say, having their the legs of the economic ladder kicked out from underneath them by the circumstances that, in many cases, government created. So Absolutely. I want to share a, a comment here from uh, – I don't know how you pronounce this – Sheer. Uh, sheer zero three some of our chatters in the discord use okay. really weird characters and it's hard to read their names i think his name's normally sean but anyway he says he says if bernie said he was going to fix the economy and help the poor by ending the fed and ending inflation he would have a chance and so there's certain things that the government has done uh, the money system is certainly one of those things but yeah. regulations are another one that essentially keep poor people poor so it's not to say that you can't rise above your life circumstances. There are certainly plenty of people who've shown that that's Absolutely. possible. But there are certain things that, you know, it's it's made a lot harder than it has to be because of the way government has done these things. They've created regulations. And who do they go to to create the regulations? The people who are already in business. So the business people, the corporations that many of these people hate so badly, well, they're already 
writing the rules. These corporations are already setting the you know the playing field, so to speak. Absolutely. They're the ones who decide who gets to come in to compete and who is kept out. And in and this isn't just a federal level thing. It's down to the local. Uh, town and city governmental level where there's local ordinances that in some cases are actually written by the local business owners in that town. So this stuff happens at all all different levels of business. And the one thing that most of these established businesses can agree on is that they don't want anybody new coming in. Right. It's bad enough that they got to deal with these existing competitors. They don't. They sure as hell don't want you, uh, you know, growing up, getting the idea that you want to come into their business, innovate, and bring some new product or service, or bring down the price of an existing product or service, and bring that to the marketplace. They want to put a stop to that, and they're using the tools of the government to do that. So any government that is as as big as it would have to be the way Bernie Sanders wants it to be to forcibly redistribute wealth is also as big as it needs to be to stop you by force from competing in the way that you think is best. So this is this is where I struggle personally in thinking about these things. On one hand, I try to stay as principled as possible. On the other hand, if you're looking at money and finances and wealth, there is a clear, in my opinion, solution that violates principle, and that is to join them. To right? join who? The, the, the government, the state, to be one of those ooh. people. Right. You say ooh, I say ooh because it makes me it's feel icky. bad. It's icky. But when I'm talking to you know friends who don't believe, don't have the same moral code that mm-hmm. I do, I don't mind telling them this, right? And the again, I'm plug my show one more time because it came Please. up. It came up yesterday on the Anarchist Experience. The example that my co-host brought up was Elon Musk, mm-hmm. right? Who's you know from South Africa and realized that he couldn't do the things he wanted to do in South Africa, so he moved to the United States where he would have more freedom and opportunity to create the the ideas in his head and to manifest those things into reality, like you know uh, PayPal and Tesla and whatever and flamethrowers and flamethrowers, <laughs> right? And at multiple times in his life was like dead broke. Uh or owed people money, but persisted, um, and from the libertarian perspective, he's a crony. Right, he gets he, he's got a lot he's of subsidies. Got some subsidies. Got a lot of subsidies. Does a lot of you know working with the government to get these to make these things happen. But he's also a billionaire, mm-hmm. right? So if your goal is to be a billionaire and you don't have the same principles, there's a solution out there for you, right? <laughs> the, join the gang. Join the, the the problem for us is how do we make that happen and stay with alignment for principles? And I don't have a solution for that yet. I struggle with that question. Well, joining the gang won't necessarily make you into a billionaire either. More coming up here. This is Free Talk. Free Talk Live, live Sunday show. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Richie Rich. And I want to make sure you can join us as well. So you can call us toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And uh, also, you can call us on our Discord call-in line rooms over at discord.lrn.fm. That's where you will sound almost like you're sitting here in the studio with us. And that's, again, discord.lrn.fm. By the way, if you are an individual who rejects the initiation of force and agrees to abide by the ethics of the non-aggression principle, then you are invited to use liberty.menu. If you are not a liberty-minded person, then just stay away from liberty.menu. It's not for you. 
Uh, Liberty.menu allows liberty-minded folks to put their business online or maybe digital content that uh, you create or perhaps an event that you're a coordinator of, something that you want other liberty-minded folks to know about. There's no better site than Liberty.menu. It's easy to use. It's attractive. It looks good. And it's free. So why not? Unless you don't want people to know that you care about freedom. And there are some markets where you probably don't want people to know that. But Absolutely. Uh, go to liberty.menu if you want to be out there and let people know that your business exists. And it's free. Uh, so again, that's liberty.menu. And you can use code FTL if you want on your user profile so other people know you're a Free Talk Live listener. Because there is a bit of a social networking aspect to the site, allowing you to connect and share with others there. At liberty.menu, as we continue here, we've been talking about uh, the difficulty that government and the state imposes upon individuals who are trying to make a better life for themselves. Um, People like Bernie Sanders say the answer is to forcibly redistribute wealth uh, to other people, when, of course, that's only going to be a temporary uh, solution for folks. It's not a real solution. It's not one that will actually make people equal. It's just one that will get a lot of votes. And then in the end of the day... Well, yeah, because there's more poor people to vote for him than wealthy people. Right. At the end of the day, after a bunch of uh, you know poor people who don't know how to handle their money have completely squandered it, uh, it'll once again be in the hands of the elites. And of course, the idea that such a thing would ever happen is just poppycock anyway, because it's the elites who run the government. And uh, you know, Bernie Sanders is also one of the elites. Um, I don't know how many cars and houses he has, but it's more than a couple. He's got a million-dollar best-selling book. Yeah, from what I understand. So, uh, you know, the idea that you're going to somehow run the corporations out of a corporation, because remember, the government's also a corporation. All of these things created by attorneys to protect their buddies uh, from legal liability for their actions. The idea that any of this is going to change significantly by putting Bernie in over Trump is... Well, it's just ridiculous as thinking Obama was going to, uh, you know, change anything significantly. And all he really did was just continue doing what George W. Bush did, maybe increasing uh, a little bit of, you know, let's throw more people out of the country. Let's drop some more bombs. Uh, that's essentially was the only difference. And you can you can trade out the word corporation for business as well. That might that no, might change the dynamic of the way people think about it. But I wouldn't because business will exist regardless of whether or not corporations exist. That's true. A but most people don't think of it like that. No, they don't. And that's why we're here. Okay. So we can point out that a corporation is just a legal fiction. This is what they're they're considered, okay? The corporation is the legal set of protections that the government conveys to business people, yep. to business owners. Um, people that know how to work the corporate veil uh, that exists out there. Again, it was set up by attorneys for the benefit of the of the the rich, for the benefit of the connected. The average person doesn't understand what a corporation is. They don't know how to use it to their benefit. There are ways to use corporations to your benefit, and some of them are fairly simple. Um, yeah. You know, for instance, getting a corporation and then putting your assets. What were your assets? Into the corporation. So therefore, they're now the corporation's assets. So therefore, if you get sued personally for your actions, you don't have anything anymore. And it also, and vice versa, you keep all your personal assets to yourself. And that way, if something goes wrong under the guise of the corporation and the business, your personal assets are protected. Or you can have a corporation for your personal assets 
and a corporation for your business. <laughs> and therefore, if something happens to the corporation, your personal assets are protected. And if something happens to you, your personal assets are still protected. A trust. So now you've got more than one corporation that you're talking about. So, I mean, it's just some of the things these things allow people to do are pretty ridiculous, but that's the system. And that's the way it is. And the idea that Bernie Sanders is going to change it is totally ridiculous, in my opinion. Now, I do like our uh, our listener, uh, and it's I, I missed, mispronounced his name. It's Sean Ree. Uh, on our Discord server, Sean uh, pointing out that if you know Bernie was proposing getting rid of the Federal Reserve, then that might help ending inflation. Then that would help the poor, and, and he's not wrong about that. Yeah, uh, the the government money system is one of the largest wealth transfer systems in place today. So you want to talk about wealth redistribution? And that's exactly what the Federal Reserve exists to do: is to transfer wealth from everybody out there. Which, of course, most people out there aren't particularly wealthy. So mostly the poor and the middle class transferring wealth from those people into the politically connected classes, which are, of course, the wealthiest classes. When it comes to those solutions, I, when it comes to the Fed and inflation, um, I think another thing to think about is how that rhetoric, rhetoric has changed over the years. Right. For a lot of for a lot of Ron Paul people, it was audit the Fed. And then went, well, we don't need to audit the Fed. Let's just end the Fed. Um, and I think the the idea to appreciate now is ignore the Fed, right? With mm. with cryptocurrencies, Crypto. you, you don't have to be victim to the inflation and monetary policy of the Fed. You know, you Not can, as much. I mean, you still probably can't get away with living totally on crypto, uh, but there are difficult. some people who are trying to do that. Absolutely. So it's... So, Ignore the Fed, replace the Fed, whatever whatever the term you want to use is yeah. now. Um, doesn't need to be a government program by Bernie Sanders no. to, to change the monetary policy, right? It can be an individual choice to remove yourself from the Federal Reserve System. Right, and it, look, you don't want to put Bernie in charge of any monetary policy anyway, because if you look at what other socialist monetary policy is, they tend to inflate the currency a heck of a lot worse. Look at Venezuela, for instance, where they're dealing with hyperinflation, meaning the, the government there is inflating their money supply at tremendous levels. We calculated it uh, earlier this week. We were talking about Venezuela on Free Talk Live, and I went back to dollartoday.com on archive.org and i went back to august or no early september of 2018 which was not quite a couple weeks after they launched the new boulevard soberano the sovereign boulevard to replace the boulevard fuerte which originally replaced the boulevard um and they've cut like between the boulevard fuerte and the soberano a total of eight zeros have been cut off that that currency and uh, I looked at what the rate was, the black market rate of boulevards to U.S. dollars back when they made the change, at the, again, early September of last year, so about a year ago to now. And the rate of inflation between then and now, just going on the black market numbers, was over 19,000% between then and now. It was – it's crazy. That's Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> However, right, I'm sure there are, there are uh, wealth-conscious Venezuelans still finding ways to make money – and I'll bet they're not Probably. using the boulevard to do it. Oh, no right? way. Yeah, no can't. way. So the the solution, you know, the wealthy people will find a solution to keep Well, many of them pay. have left. That's a solution. <laughs> if you can afford to leave Venezuela, you probably have left by and now. And that is definitely a solution. But they find a way to keep and maintain their wealth. Yeah. And the poor people get the, the, the short end of the stick with inflated currencies and not being able to spend the money that they earned that morning, uh, that evening for food. Our toll-free number here tonight, if you want to join us, 855-450-FREE, whether you want to talk about... 
how do you create wealth when all of the decks are stacked against you by the government to make it harder than it would otherwise be? 855-450-3733. Then we'll talk about what Jeffrey Tucker has to say about economics. Coming up here as well, it's Free Talk Live. I want to tell you about my favorite cryptocurrency wallet, Edge Wallet at edge.app. Edge is the wallet I use more than any other, and that was true long before Edge Wallet became a sponsor of Free Talk Live. Edge Wallet allows you to buy, sell, trade, and securely hold your cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin, Ethereum, tokens, Monero, Ripple, Dash, Bitcoin Cash, and more. It's available for both Android and iOS, and you can download it via the Play or App Store or via Edge Wallet's website, edge.app. Secure your freedom with Edge Wallet. Free Talk Live, and it's the live Sunday edition of the program. As always, you're invited here if you want to join us. Our number is 855-450-FREE. Uh, we're going back to your calls here in just a moment. 855-450-3733 with you tonight. It's Ian. And Richie Rich. And want to make sure you know how to get 20% off of My Magic Mud. Yeah, they're available at a bunch of health food stores. That's because the product is great. And it's been a tremendous success over most of the last decade they've been around. What is it? It's a black tooth powder made of charcoalized coconut shells and bentonite clay. Clinically proven to whiten teeth. It's an amazing product, but it's not the only one they've got. They've now got toothpaste, mouthwash as well. You can go and get their full product catalog over at MyMagicMud.com. It's not extensive. It's pretty easy to get through it, but uh, they get a lot of cool stuff. And it's all natural as well. MyMagicMud.com. Save 20% by using code FTL20. FTL like Free Talk Live. FTL20 at MyMagicMud.com. As we go to Jasper, he's in Wisconsin, listening to WCLO in Janesville. Hello, Jasper. Good evening, gentlemen. Hi, Jasper. Go ahead. You're on the air. So I'm what you would consider a complete workaholic. All right. I also consider myself a serial entrepreneur. And when I was cool. starting my business after getting fired from like the eighth career choice I'd had, I would bartend uh, on evenings to make extra money. I would collect aluminum cans from the side of the highway so I could afford gas to go to my next sales call. I did whatever I had to to make a penny so I could afford to make my business start up and run. Nice. Good job. I didn't get any handouts from anybody. Um, I was homeless at one point. At one point in my life, I was a quarter million dollars in the hole. Wow. I now own one of the largest companies in the country in my industry. I... Mm. I just have no, I don't care for lazy people. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you get a handout, you don't appreciate the hard work that went into it. Right. And I get made fun of by some of my staff. They call me, they, you know, call me a cheapskate. But to this point, I can't throw out an aluminum can. I have to recycle it to get that extra penny. <laughs> Why and not? It's not that I Frugal. need it. I, but it's, I just get so fed up with people who think that, um, you know, they're, they're mad at paying tax. Now, granted, I don't like paying tax anymore than anyone else. But to a point, that is the price we pay to live in the best country in the world so we can play in this amazing free economy. Hold on, hold on. Slow down for a second here. Now you lost me. (laughs) Yeah, you were sounding really good there. You said, what's the price we pay to live in a free economy? Taxes? Okay, so... I mean, that's a contradiction right there. It is is true. But to have roads, to have some of the freedoms we have, I have to... Come on, man. Roads? I don't want to Are you telling me you need to have else. hold on, hold on. Are you telling me you need to have a government, a centrally organized bureaucracy that pays way too much for everything just so somebody could put oh, some asphalt on a pavement? Whoa, whoa. 
no, I am, I very much agree that it's a lot of cases a private company could run a lot of government agencies more efficiently. I mean, my God, you want to see good roads, go to job. Disney World. They've got them. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I'm not, to, I, I am not ignorant to think that I, there would not be any taxes that I would have to pay. Um, currently, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting audited again. I'm going to have to pay up again. Jeez. I don't like to pay taxes, but I have to pay some. Right, because they'll put you in a yeah. prison cell. There's, there's a difference between a tax advocate and a tax victim, right? Like I, I would consider it to be tax victimhood to acknowledge the fact that you must pay taxes uh, or face the wrath of the government, but that, that does not mean you have to advocate for the idea that paying those taxes is the price we pay for civilization. Yeah, I mean, that's like saying society. that it's, I mean, that's tantamount to saying that if somebody sticks a gun in your back as you're walking down, you know, the street going home at night, that, you know, paying the robber is somehow helping society. I mean, it, they're not doing oh, anything no, to help anybody. My gun's going to be bigger than the robber. I'm not worried about that. <laughs> well, yeah, you can shoot I mean, the robber, but you can't shoot the cops. Well, the robber's going to take his thing. money and then go spend it on something at the convenience store. And then the convenience store owner is going to have that income coming in, and he's going to pay somebody's wages. Well, this is a typical wealth redistribution argument, well, right? Of course yeah. it is. Uh, look, I mean, look, so. they, these go- these government goons are taking money from people left and right, hand over fist, and all they do with it is go blow it up. I mean, they don't uh, they hurt peaceful people with that money. So, I mean, the idea that that's somehow civilized is, I mean, it's just that's just not true. Yeah, and I've. I've never heard your show before. Oh, I'm welcome. I'm rolling across the country in my truck. Oh, but right we, uh, that, that hit home with me about your redistribution and how it would be a temporary fix. And so I very much appreciate that. You're absolutely right. Yeah, Thanks, well, your, your personal it. example is how it should be done, right? You you work hard. Yeah, you put in a lot of effort. Go work your tail off. Yeah. And, and try to avoid paying taxes if you, if yeah, you can. Yeah, I, I would, that part I would advise <laughs> as much as possible. When I, I do a... Um, and no excuses show. I go and I talk to other business owners, and one of them is, you know, there's no substitute for hard work, and there's no excuse in this country. Uh, it doesn't matter where you started from. It doesn't matter how bad you had it. Uh, unless you have a physical or mental disability, you just don't have any excuses. I'm willing to bet that when you were bartending and getting a bunch of cash tips in, I suspect you didn't pay taxes on all that cash, did you? I, I don't know what exactly you're talking about. <laughs> you weren't sitting there counting the cash thinking, I really ought to pay all the taxes that uh, they say I owe because it's for civilization. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, let's just say I, I may have, the first time I filed taxes properly, it was a, it was a shocker. Now, what is the No Excuses show? What, you just kind of mentioned that. What is that? So I travel the country and I do gift pep talks to other business owners and sometimes I show up and end up buying them out because they're just completely hair-brained and don't know what they're doing, but they love their company and have a passion for it. So I make a position for them within their own company and I, I take over and run it for them. Nice. Wow. <laughs> well, a, a lot of small businesses need that, right? Because they have a small business entrepreneurial mindset and they grow past their own capacity. But hold on, is this a, sh- you said it's a show, isn't it like a TV show that you're doing or what is no, it? No, no, it, it's just little conventions and uh oh you know, a show like a convention i see okay yeah and you know in our industry we have lots of people that are really passionate about their company and mm-hmm. they, they take a lot of pride in joining it and that's the way they've been doing it for the last so many years and it's worked for them but they get complacent and they don't see the big picture they don't see what it could be if they did something a little bit different or they're not with the times and yeah 
Um, if they want to. You know, sometimes... Some people like just yeah, being small. Absolutely, and there's nothing wrong with that. But when they run out of money and they have an emergency, they're more willing to take a check from me, and I'm more than willing to turn their company around. Nice. It's amazing. Thanks for calling and sharing your story tonight, Jasper. I really appreciate hearing from you. Drive safe out there, and thank you. Uh, the toll-free number is, is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. You know, you got to love the success stories like that. He said he was a quarter of a million dollars in the hole. He was homeless at, at some point uh, in his life, but he had the drive that it took, the, the discipline that it took. Uh, to save everything that he could and work hard, and, and now he's a tr- sounds like a tremendous success. And I think that's the important aspect of it because that's that's something that everyone can have equally, right? You can, sure, you can equal his drive, you can equal his hard work, you can equal his motivation, even if you can't equal where wherever it was he started from. Yeah, but somebody will say, Richie, yes, yeah, sure, but he just got lucky. Yeah, he created his own luck with hard work and motivation mm. and dedication to his cause. Most yeah, there pe- is something to most that. people don't have that drive. They, they they go to their you know their nine to five whatever their nine dollar yeah. an hour job. Well, and, and then- that's part of government's fault too. I'm going to go ahead and blame the government sure. for that uh, because they teach you when you're in the government indoctrination system that that's what you're supposed to do. You're Absolutely. just supposed to get a job and you're supposed to work that job until you retire, and then you're supposed to, I don't know, sit around and watch television or something like that uh, once you're retired and collect your Social Security check, and in the meanwhile, have some kids and some grandchildren, and uh, and then you die. Yeah. And that's supposed to be their definition of success. That's what a life is supposed to be. They don't teach entrepreneurialism. Yeah, but but if those people aren't complaining and don't see anything wrong with that, I don't have a problem with that either. Sure, yeah. Right? I mean, if you're content with your lot, by all means. Yeah, if they're happy. Yeah. No doubt. If you want to join the show, you're welcome to here. Our toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. Uh, that's toll-free. You can also jump into our Discord call-in lines. They're open for you over at discord.lrn.fm. I actually changed one of the Discord lines. There were four of them. I, I've now got a three Discord call-in lines, and one's for AMP only. So if you're a Free Talk Live supporter, there's a special line there just for you now, just in case it gets busy. Sometimes we get some trolls calling in, uh, and they like fill up the lines. The return of the AMP only call-in line. Yeah. Well, we still technically have the the old AMP lines, but nobody ever uses them for anything, because who would want to call in when, you, when you've got Discord? We're coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Hey, it's Free Talk Live. We'll take your calls about whatever you want. Our number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. We have the Discord call-in line rooms. You may join them over at discord.lrn.fm. What is Discord, you ask? Well, it is a free chat client and server. If you want to set up a Discord server of your own, you certainly could. We don't actually uh, we don't actually pay Discord to uh, to run the server, which is nice. I guess they monetize their business by selling subscriptions uh, to the users, for instance, and that's cool. Uh, but so far, it's been a pretty good experience. We've got somebody called us last week. They called us the most, I think, popular or li- busy or whatever, like the most useful libertarian discord server out there nice or most used or something like that so uh i'll take the compliment you can head over to discord.lrn.fm you can connect in there and there's people in there it seems like at all hours of the the day and the night certainly during the show you're going to find a lot more 
uh, during our live show hours, which of course are 7 to 10 at night, Eastern Times, all seven nights a week. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Richie Rich. We've been talking about the economy, and it was actually a call that brought us to this. We were going to get into Jeffrey Tucker, and I hope that we still can. Uh, but uh, we're taking your calls first, of course. But we've been talking about freedom and the freedom to do business and forced wealth redistribution and why that's not actually a solution uh, to anything. But let's go to Tritium, who is on the line calling us from Virginia. He's on the Discord server. Go ahead, Tritium. Hey, yeah. Um, I actually was going to call about part two of my uh, call about the um, anti-fascists and the uh the, the right wing groups in Portland, but um, I, I you went to talk about business and you really hit on some things that made me want to change my subject. All right. Um. So so, uh, Richie, you you consider yourself an anarchist, right? Yes. He is the okay, host of the Anarchist Experience. Also true. AnarchistExperience.com. dot com. <laughs> yes, and uh, so Terrible I know you said that you said that thing about business, um, saying you know, kind of conflating business and corporations. And I, I want to like defend that um, and, and say that may be a, it may be a good idea, not for the completely uninitiated to conform or, or just keep person, it separate. But like, um, cause here's the thing without government regulation of business, there is no separate commercial sphere versus private sphere we're all just we're all people exchanging buying selling exchanging participating in a market economy or a gift economy and there's no distinction between uh you know private and public or not private and public um commercial and private and you know government transactions naturally it's a it's a it's a false distinction but i mean you know people people think you're against against um well you know I'm against work in the sense of your your nine to five, you know, going, you know, slaving away for the corporation. That's why my goal is to be uh, successfully self-employed, you know, very very soon. I'm actually working that on that. But um, they think you're against, you know, they think you're a communist and you want to like uh, collect device factories or something. So I understand sure. why, like, y- y- you might want to shy away from that for a general audience. But really, I mean, business is the business corporate interest that um very much regulate participate in the regulation of business and uh i, I you know I, I i responded to what the first thing i heard you say when i when i um started sh- streaming that about uh regulation of businesses and how they are absolutely written by the uh the, the corporations and they're you know in fact the genesis of most regulations is from the corporation so I'm, i might as well share what i said in the discord my first thought was that liberals wanting to um Good regulations to rein in the corporations is like, uh, you know, when statists say they want to elect the right people to get the right people in, in the government to um, make things better. It's, it's ridiculous on its face. Yeah. What a lot of what I hear from the left when it comes to regulation is that businesses won't regulate themselves. Therefore, we need the government to to rein in business because without without that oversight body, who would do it? Right. And not not even considering the fact that you just mentioned that they write most of the legislation at the bigger level. Right. The, the larger corporations definitely play a role in writing the legislation. Um, smaller businesses don't have that luxury. OK, but let's say that they actually succeed in this sort of fantasy, because even though we don't believe like all the evidence says that it's impossible to avoid regulatory capture, which is the terminology that. Uh, is utilized when you hear people talk about how you know the chairman of Pfizer gets on the uh, the FDA board or whatever. Amazing right? like, how that happens. You know, so let's just say 
that some regulatory agency manages to be created without being taken over by the very people who are in that business. These are people like Bernie Sanders. They're going to come in there and they're not beholden to any corporations. They're not going to be taking bribes. They're not going to they're going to do real regulations that are really going to p- control these businesses. Wouldn't that solve the problem? It's a absolute, you know, fantasy though because uh, one thing, you know, obviously wouldn't solve the problem because regulations put a burden on mar- you know, market entrance and competition. Right. And, and, and just to expound on that anyway. further before you go on, the reason why, even if it is a burden on those companies, even if these new regulations are costly and they make it difficult for those companies to do business, they've got a bunch of attorneys. They've got a bunch of money. OK, fine. You're going to require us to go and do all these extra you know, hoop jumping. Fine. We'll do it. We'll raise our prices. We stay in business. But what it does effectively do is, like you're saying, keep the upstarts from coming in. Keep the young people from coming in. Keep the, uh, you know, the innovators from coming into that business. So even if they aren't writing the regulations themselves, they still are benefited. Well, and even if you had a non-governmental regulatory body, right, what's, what's the enforcement mechanism? Like well, what? if it's non-governmental, then you're just dealing with certifications, and sure. that's fine. You're right; that's fine. But if they if they if they break the reg- if a company breaks the regulation from this third party, uh, mm-hmm. you know, oversight body, they lose their certification. And well, the people that care about that certification will stop doing business with them. That I think, and I think that's a big deal because I don't know. Uh, in my opinion, I don't know how much value would be placed. On those certifications, necessarily depends on which industry you're talking also about. True. I mean, so for instance, in the IT field, there's various different certifications that are available out there. There's like a Microsoft uh, certification for whatever. I don't know what they all are, but there's a bunch of these things uh, you can certify in different areas. And if you have a you know a, a question of who are you going to hire for this IT department, do you want to hire the person that's got the certification or the guy that? doesn't do you want to have the, what your budget is do you want to have the uh the guy who fixes cars be ase certified or do you just want to have a shade tree mechanic take care of it depends what your budget yeah. is that's exactly it you'd have right. to price your product even if it's your labor you'd have to pro- price it way lower without that certification because i mean sure, right. somebody might want to take the risk but i mean your product is by definition probably Less, right, the certification will increase man. value with some people, Definitely. and with other people who don't care, doesn't yeah. matter. But w- with the governmental regulations, it keeps those people that don't have it completely out of the market. Correct, they or totally even, underground. Right, they can't even offer their services for less without breaking the law. That's right. And the classic exa- example of uh, of market entrance being hurt is this ridiculous thing that, that became a huge, huge uh, uh, kerfuffle. If you want to see it in practice, about um, the hair braiding regulations that people oh just goodness. want to braid each other hair, just just something that the African American community does, the neighbors, everything, and all the cosmetology license, all like the thousands of hours you'd have to put in, and time and money you'd have to put in. And a lot and of cases didn't teach hair braiding. That's right. <laughs> which they already know. Yeah. Tritium, anything else you want to share tonight? Uh, no, I just kind of wanted to share that basically, you know, government regulation is uh, ultimately reduces competition and that benefits certain entrenched in- interests, but doesn't it doesn't uh, it doesn't it hurts the innovators and the entrepreneurs. And those are the people that, you know, ultimately move society forward. Yeah, th- those are the people that bring uh, fresh competition into industries, disrupt old methods of doing things, and in many cases bring prices way down. Thank you for the call, uh, Tritium. Definitely appreciate it. So if you want to help the poor, then make it so the poor can compete 
Make it so the poor can start their own business without having to ask some government bureaucrats permission to do so. The government is what really stands in the way of uh, poor people being able to increase their quality of life and their wealth and create their own business because a lot of them who – you know, if they do have that entrepreneurial mindset, and as you were pointing out earlier, a lot of folks don't. They just haven't been trained yeah. uh, or raised. or tra- It's a separate way of thinking entirely. Yeah. But if they do have that entrepreneurial mindset and they're like, all right, I do want to start my own business. And then they start going and looking into how you do that, yep. how you do it the right way, where if you want to open up a storefront, you got to jump through a bunch of stupid government hoops and get permits and inspections and you know pay bribes and all this garbage. You get frustrated and, right back to yeah, a nine to five. You won't even start. You won't even begin because it just looks so overwhelming and confusing. You can't hire an attorney. You can't afford one. Yeah. So you're already out of business before you even got off uh, you know, from the word go. And it's tragic. I've got a, I've got a friend back home who for years, um, I, worked, I worked for him and he's also my friend, um, for years was always talking about like the business that he wanted to start. Mm. And every time we looked into it, he consulted an attorney who told him the worst case scenario yep. of how he would lose everything. And never gets everything off the ground because of that. It's tragic. And how many other lost opportunities and businesses that could have been started that could have brought something amazing to the table never even got off the ground because the government's regulations basically stopped it dead in its tracks. Hour three's next. This is Free Talk Live. Business owners, you want more customers? Accept cryptocurrencies. There's people all around you just waiting to spend money at your store. If only you would take it. I know, you've been waiting till someone else makes it easy. Well, good news. HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com adds Bitcoin to your point of sale, totally free. Use the same equipment you already have, now with Bitcoin. And unlike credit cards, there's no fees. Let the guys at HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com bring new customers to your store. HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com Hey, it's Free Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the program. As always, you're invited to join us here. Our toll-free number, 855-450-FREE. We're going to get into uh, Jeffrey Tucker, a story that you were pretty hot about here tonight, Richie. You wanted to share. I like Jeffrey Tucker. I think this is fun. I I think he's an interesting character. We've had him on our show as kind of a guest co-host from time to time whenever we're at some event or another, Anarchapulco or wherever it is he is that we're at. We always drag him in for, you know, at least an hour. Uh, he's worth listening to. Yeah, he's, he's a really bright guy, really knows his stuff when it comes to economics. And, and that'll tie into the discussions we've been having over the last hour about regulation and forced wealth redistribution and inflation. Uh, those are places we've been. If you want to comment, you're certainly welcome to join us also on the Discord lines over at discord.lrn.fm. It's Ian and Richie in the studio here tonight. So let's jump into it here uh, with the economics is the honey badger. The honey badger. All right. Where's it coming from, by the way? Where Where was the uh, the publishing site? Oh, man. Site? I, I, I don't remember the acronym, acronym name, but AIER.org. AIER. Okay. This must be the, the company he's working for, the organization yeah. that he's working for. I mean, I, I can look it up. I'll check just, it. I'll yeah, check okay. it. Uh, the two largest gangs in the world, in world politics today. The American, left. sorry, American Institute for Economic Research. There you go. The two largest gangs in world politics today, the left and the right, have spent the last several years of ideological upheaval publicly proclaiming that ep- economics is a pointy-head pseudoscience that should never be allowed to get in the way of a leader's vision. Hmm. The left has been pushing the glories of free everything, as funded by the magic printing press. 
centrally planned equality and scientific public management, though it seems never have worked anywhere, will work this time. Right. You just have to elect the right person. Bernie. See, Bernie. Bernie. Or that other guy or gal or whoever. Maduro. Put the oh, right geez. person in. Then... <laughs> we'll leave but, him in Venezuela. But this is what they what they frequently will say is, you know, you can point to all these failures of communism and socialism that, yeah. you know, just litter the history books. And uh, the, the, the response is, of course, well, they, they just did it wrong. Yeah, that's, that wasn't real socialism. We've got to do it my way. The correct way. The yeah. democratic way, mm. this go-round. Uh, this time is different, they say. Right. Now, there is a real passion for intersectional justice driving this mass movement. Plus, the world is going to melt in 12 years, so we have no choice <laughs> but to shut down capitalism and go back to foraging for food. Uh, we used to say hunting and gathering, but the modern left is against hunting. The right has been just as dismissive of economics. They say that economics must defer to national greatness and to a people's higher spiritual ambition. There's no point to wealth unless it feeds a sense of national purpose, a society of cohesion led by a great man whose drive and ambition grants us our lives meaning. Man. Yeah, that he summed summed up both sides pretty (laughs) effectively. The great man, of course, at the moment is Donald Trump. Uh, for those on the right. Making America great again. Uh, we, that magic plural pronoun that unites society and state, the collective and the individual, the leaders and his follower, must always be number one. Print the hats, unfurl the flags, attend the <laughs> rallies, sing the songs, and then we'll win so much your head will spin. Uh, as an aside, I've never understood that metaphor. A spinning head is not a sign of life. <laughs> Meanwhile, the experience... It's a sign in, of a, uh, needing an exorcism. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Vomiting green pea soup. Uh, meanwhile, the experience in theory of 500 years is behind the general proposition that wealth creation depends fundamentally on the expansion of the division of labor. That's a fancy way of saying that the more we cooperate together through markets, the more productive our lives can be. More trade, more benefit, more innovation, respect property rights, defer to the contracts of private parties, celebrate profits, and permit the widest possible opportunity for innovation, and you have the makings of a wealthy society. Nor is this restricted by the borders of the nation-state. Cooperation should be international to support a growing population. Right. A lot of the conservatives can see the benefit of getting the government out of their business, but when it comes to those overseas people, they want to lock down the borders. They want tariffs. They want restrictions. They want regulations to protect them from outside competition. Well, yeah, because how how can American companies compete in China with China tariffs? We gotta we have to e- level the playing field and equalize that by putting tariffs on Chinese goods. And now in. you've got uh, apparently the farmers in the United States are hurting because of some of the Trump tariffs. They're not happy yeah. at all. And a lot of them are now also getting subsidies from the, from the Trump administration to make up for so that. So it's bad economics on top of bad economics, <laughs> yes. which is typical government solutions, right? Yes. They created the problem, and they're going to make it worse. Always the case mm-hmm. when it comes to government problems. Uh, what do we mean by wealth? Are we talking fripperies, furs, and fun for the rich and famous? Sure, that's a part of it. Uh, you can say that is culturally tacky part of it, because um, yeah, Jeffrey Tucker likes McDonald's and fast foods and all that other 
He likes fancy stuff. He's always got like a bottle, like a cup of wine that he's carrying around. Yeah, that's true too. He dresses dresses very nice. I love the way he dresses. Yeah. All right. More importantly, it means longer lives, cures for diseases, wider access to communication technology, mm-hmm. more opportunities for travel, time to write and reflect, the ability to be secure in person and property, the discretionary income to support the arts and religion, and the ability to rise above subsistence. So that we can love fully and be fully loved. Right. And and all those things that he just, that list that he just went through, all of those things will come down in price too when given freedom, when the, the market is able to actually compete, when you don't have all these regulations and extra costs being imposed from yeah. the outside upon these producers, upon the innovators, you see the prices come down through uh, through market competition. So if you can't afford that plasma TV, you know, today... Give it 10 years. I mean, look at what you've got in like consumer electronics now. Seriously. I was looking at television prices the other day. I haven't bought a new television since 2006, I think. I think I got one like shortly after I moved here, maybe 07, okay. 06, so like more than a decade ago. And I paid $1,000 at that time for a 45-inch television. You can't find one for more than a couple hundred bucks now. For that size, yeah. Yeah. But there's, there's, it's amazing what that $1,000 will get you now, though. Oh, yeah, even, absolutely. Even you like, can get an 85 inch or something crazy yeah. like that, or at the very least 60 or 55. Like I can buy a television that's too big for my room now for that that same amount of money. Yeah, I'm, I, 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 I've been personally looking at projectors. Just oh really? We have high ceilings in our apartment, mm-hmm. so there's like an empty wall above oh, the TV. Oh yeah. It's like if I could get, I have I have a cheap one, but it, you can't really uh, change the focus on it, mm-hmm. so I can't put it in a spot that puts it, it right fits where that right. wall. Right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, well, if I just spend a little bit more money, right. less than a less than a TV, right in that nice spot, and way me. less than projectors used to cost as exactly. well. And now with like LED or LCD technology, it's you know, I suspect the bulbs are still pretty expensive, but maybe they're moving to LED for those. I don't know. I haven't looked in a I don't while. Know. DLP technology as well. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. That's old now. Okay, DLP. I anyway. mean, they're they're still making them on the high end projectors. Sure. Uh, it could even mean saving enough money so that when you pass on from this world. You can leave a substantial bequest to your daughter's children who was born with severe autism and needs lifetime support, or possibly give a large gift to a con- convent of religious sisters who have a calling to live a life of teaching, singing, and praying. That's what wealth really means. It's the material path towards living a better life. Mm. That's the most we can hope for in this world. The point of economics is to explain how we get there. Economics explores and explains the forces that govern the interactions of resources and social needs, forces that operate without anyone pulling levers or pointing guns. Knowing these forces puts limits on the political visions of fanatics. It constrains the range of the possible within the structure of existing reality. So he's saying economics is a way of observing what's true, right? And yes. speaking and, and explaining, sort of like math is explaining the world in, in a series of numbers. Economics explains the world in you know, how, it, how, how Social people terms. can interact. Yeah, the, the interaction amongst people, the voluntary trade of people, how that works, how that makes everyone involved in that transaction or that trade wealthier than they were prior to trading. In most cases, right, you get a bum product every now and then. Um, the main, the main, Hold that thought. Okay. We're going to continue here more with uh, Jeffrey Tucker on economics as a honey badger. 
Uh, he hasn't gotten to the honey badger part yet here, but we'll see what, what else he has to say. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE, especially if you want to weigh into the discussion here uh, and share your thoughts. You're welcome to join us, 855-450-3733, or hop in our Discord call-in lines over at discord.lrn.fm. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can join us here toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733, live Sunday edition. We're talking about economics, uh, and uh, I know that sounds dry, but it's actually, I think it's pretty interesting. And By no means am I uh, an economics you know, expert or whatever, but I don't think you have to be. I don't think you have to go to college. In fact, that's probably going to damage your your, uh, your knowledge about economics because they're teaching what is it keynesianism yep for the most there um so let's continue that but also want you to know about local.bitcoin.com actually you and i were talking about uh, local.bitcoin.com off the air tonight uh richie it's ian and richie here by the way behind the mics and this is a place where you can go to buy or sell bitcoin cash and you can use dozens of payment methods to do that and some of the payment methods you do need to know are a little more risky than others, especially if you're a seller. So keep that in mind when dealing with PayPal and Venmo, for instance. Uh, but some of them are safer, like bank deposits or remittances or meeting somebody in real life with cash. These are all options, and there's many many more, especially for international users. There's some methods on there that you can't even use in the United States. So I, I tried Alipay, for instance, the uh, Alibaba yep. pay, payment system. You can't do it from the United States. You can create an account, but it won't let you add any cards to it. Um, so there's a bunch of different options for people all around the globe at local.bitcoin.com. And importantly, there's no identification requirements to create your accounts. There's no what they call know your customer. That's the best part for me. Yeah. And also, communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. So you finally have a global trading platform that respects your privacy um, at local.bitcoin.com. That's local.bitcoin.com. So, Richie, you're sharing a, a piece written by Jeffrey Tucker uh, over at AIER.org, the American Institute for Economic Research. It's about economics and the honey badger. Right. So I was reading ahead during the break because I know when the title says something like the honey badger, uh, you like to have that connection made. Um, and I, so I read ahead and the article doesn't really make a connection to the honey badger, hmm. aside from if you already know about the honey badger. And since it's famous online, you know, a lot of people might already know, um, but I pulled up the wiki just to give a little bit of background for on the honey badger, yeah. Just so, so you, since since apparently you haven't seen the videos, Ian. Of I've how, seen them of like on occasion. And, and amazing this uh, thing is. Um, some some quick facts on the honey badger from the wiki. Um, they're uh, one of the few species known to be capable of using tools, where they'll they'll make their own tools and create it. So very resourceful. Hmm. Um, they have been known. Oh, where is it? That's a sign of intelligence, right? If a, if a being can fashion a tool, yes, that's a sign that suggests that it is a higher thinking animal. Yes, and I've seen videos of them escape from their own cage, mm. and the, the the handler doesn't know how they were doing it, and they were, you know, they were finding a way to like reach around and unlock the lock and get out and prance about and do their thing. That's awesome. And then they get picked up, put back in there, and they do it again, do it again, because, because they didn't catch them right. the first time. Uh, honey badgers are notorious for their strength, ferocity, and toughness. Uh, they've been known to savagely and fiercely attack almost any kind of animal when escape is impossible, reportedly even repelling much larger predators such as lions. Bee stings, porcupine quills, and animal animal bites rarely penetrate their skin. 
if, if horses, cattle, cape buffaloes intrude, uh, it will attack them. It's virtually tireless in combat and can wear out much larger animals in physical confrontation. So that that's the highlights that I wanted to share. So it's a badass. It, yes. And it's, it's probably uh-huh. one of the most durable and ferocious uh, animals on the planet just for that ability um, itself. Mm. Right. So when you, when you see the videos of the honey badger, it's like, you know, why would it attack a snake? Well, because it, it wins. Yeah. And if it gets bit by the snake, it doesn't die. It just, get, you know, shakes it off a little bit, then walks away wow. as if nothing happened. You know, there's photos of the honey badger with the porcupine quills just stuck in it. Damn. You know, and it's, the honey badger doesn't care. Just <laughs> continuing <laughs> on its path uh, full of porcupine quills. Um, so, yeah. So it, that, that's when, when I think of the honey badger, that's what I think. You know, durable, uh, ferocious, like uncompromising. And I think that's where the comparison gets made throughout the article um, as we read on. Uh, that main reality is what economists call scarcity. The unavoidable fact that our desires will always outstrip the capacity of the world to provide for them. Hence, we must find a way to make more for everyone, granting as much access as possible through the freedom to trade and innovate. Well, I mean, it, it's true that your desires may be outstripped at the moment, right? But in a lot of cases, that's it's that desire that drives the innovation to make those things possible. Yeah. So eventually you can reach many of those desires. That's, time. that's why we consider it to be an ever expanding pie right. with the, the wealth pie. Whereas people, you know, uh, the, the socialist and the communists always think of it's a limited. fixed pie, a limited right. pie. And then the wealthy people have so much of this that there's none left for anybody else. Whereas if they, you know, turn that desire into innovation and ingenuity, they could expand that pie for themselves and for other people, giving right. them even more of it. So the wealthy people will get a, a larger pie piece, but so will other people yes. as well uh, because of new developments, because of costs uh, coming down through competition. And of course, once that new thing is reached, once the, the innovator has created the thing that innovates and it's out there, then they usually come up with another idea, right? Sure. Because now there's a new thing that needs to be created. Now there's a new solution to a new problem that has uh, has surfaced. There's always something else. That's there's, the easiest way to make money, man. Yeah. Find a problem that somebody else has and solve it for That's them. That's true. And they will, they will pay you for that. Indeed. So Like what? ransomware. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and kudos to those guys for helping us out fight the state. Um, here's where it gets uh, more honey badger-ish. All right. What happens when you fight economics? You uh, lose. That's the part of it. Economics <laughs> pushes back. It cares nothing for your vision, speeches, songs, hats, and rallies. Well, I should say everyone loses because, you know, as the government goons fight economics, they do successfully slow things down. They do put barriers in the way of the economy, like we were talking about earlier with yeah. you know poor people being kept out by kicking the the rungs of the economic ladder out from underneath them through government regulations. So they can slow things down. They can make things more difficult, but ultimately the market does persist, even in Venezuela, yep. where there's a tremendous amount of, of regulation and just t- state control of industry, nationalization of industry. Uh, you still have people that they have to live, so they have to trade. And so the black market is bustling. And th- that slowness of government is one of the weird um, arguments I hear from tech people, tech journalists that uh, lean left, mm-hmm. is they consider that to be a good thing, right? They don't, they don't, they want the government to operate slow and inefficient, if inefficiently 
because it it puts a cap on how much advantage these tech companies can take of their of their users and consumers type of a thing right they like you, you restrict them from innovating and growing too quickly and that's good for people cuz you want to you know you don't want them to make the wrong turn and harm people along their path of innovation and ingenuity um, so that so the slowness of government is actually But the government a doesn't really even stand in the way of tech companies so much i mean they don't even know how to regulate them that's so mostly true. Tech yeah. companies are are one of the uh, the least regulated, I would say, companies in in society, and we're all better off for it. I mean, thank goodness there's no government software approval board. Can you imagine? You know, if your video games had to go through some sort of government board where they audited the code, I mean, you'd oh be waiting goodness. a decade more for Duke Nukem uh, <laughs> to come out. Duke, Duke Nukem Forever would still be right. Developed. Or, or you know, whatever other software we're talking about, your uh, your QuickBooks or whatever things yeah. that you used. Can you imagine how slow development would be if there's some government bureaucrat who literally had to audit the code before it was approved and demanded changes be made? There's more coming up here. It's free time. Do you have a crypto wealth advisor or coach? If so, has your cryptocurrency advisor been investing in technology stocks for over 20 years? Have they left the corporate world and retired? Or are they still trying to make a weekly paycheck? Have they produced six-figure results for their customers? in the past 30 days? And very importantly, are they a member of the Digital Currency Council? Seth Maniscalco is the founder of Crypto Wealth Coach and CryptoWealthCoach.com. Seth invested in his first Roth IRA at 19 years old while living abroad and has been investing in Wall Street and technology for over 20 years with experience in all the money markets. By comparison, so many of these so-called crypto gurus have barely been alive for 20 years. Seth has not only experienced personal success from his own investments in crypto, he has also helped his clients earn six and seven-figure income including helping investors make over three quarters of a million dollars in EOS in 90 days and 1,225% in only five and a half months with Chainlink. Seth has help for the small do-it-yourself guy on up to crypto whales. Increase your wealth. Visit CryptoWealthCoach.com. This is Free Talk Live. You may join us here. The toll-free number for you to take control of the airwaves. 855 453 That's 855-450-3733. And yes, we are available on a couple different streaming platforms. I mean, yeah, we got audio streams going on here. We've done that for many years, but we're newer on some of the video streaming platforms like Twitch and DLive. So one of the guys in the uh, DLive chat room, because there's different chat rooms for each of these services. So we've got our Discord chat, which is the best place to chat. And then there's other people who chat in the DLive chat, and there's the Twitch chat as well. Twitch chat's been pretty dead tonight, but DLive's had a few folks in there. Crypto Boy says, what's this about? I think he's just what's referring to, it's, he's probably just coming in here for the very first time. He's, okay. he's used to seeing people playing video games, right? Because these streaming platforms, Twitch and DLive, are primarily video game streaming platforms, but not completely. So what's this about? This is about your life, your future, your your wealth consciousness, as it were, and how economics plays a role in developing that uh, throughout it. And that's right. what it's about tonight. Yeah. Um, but generally, the show is generally about open phones. Uh, we do a talk radio show, so we're actually on broadcast radio. For those of you who are new to this program, watching online, uh, we're primarily a talk show that's on broadcast radio. But 
um you know we're young enough and hip enough to you know to know about some of these other platforms i'm not saying we're we're very hip but maybe you are Richie, i'm but, also a gamer though yeah. so if, if you want to if you want to talk video games you can call you can hack it and I, I can handle that too. yeah yeah you you're you're still a pretty active gamer these days like you're buying old school atari 2600 emulators and, i am mostly a collector at this point but yeah. i i play on occasion so the latest one i've been playing uh god of war on the ps4 okay um but i also purchased the collector vision phoenix which is what is that it's a it's a uh, uh it's a hardware emulator for the coleco vision oh okay and it, and it also plays it's an atari 2600 system wow. well it's a new system right, right. Cause it just got released but plays old classic games. games yeah and there's still people developing games for the system Isn't so there's amazing? new games for that system. i think that's the coolest that's like yeah. one of the coolest things within the last two decades is this sort of old school game systems that have been dead for years that people are still making new products for yep new new games from scratch basically it's incredible yep. And my wife you know, was talking to me the other day. She's like, I haven't seen you play much video games recently. Like, are you, what are you okay? Ta-? Well, I was like, <laughs> what are you talking about? I just connected this new thing, uh-huh. and I've been playing some of the old games for like the past hour while you're doing whatever it is you're doing. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. If I had a whole nother me, I would play more games. But uh, there's just so much else to do. I wish I... I feel that way about a lot of things. Yeah. I'd read more comic books if I wasn't playing so many video games. Right. You know, I'd read more actual books if I wasn't reading so many news articles. I haven't done a video game stream on our channels in probably two months at this point so i'm i'm way overdue to do one it's just i've been doing studio upgrades in here over the last two months basically priorities man studio upgrades pays the bills video games just pays the leisure it's true although there are some people who pay the bills with video games which i think is amazing now and that's what these platforms generally do uh d live and twitch they actually have allowed people to make a career uh, out of just playing video games, and I, I gotta say, that's what it, that's what we all wanted growing up in the 1990s. I wish we had more encouragement from our families to stick with that. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? No, no, go ahead and Get practice your job. video games. Right. That'll turn into something later. So, uh, yeah, we are talking about economics uh, specifically tonight. Jeffrey Tucker, uh, who's great at explaining these things, is doing some explaining. So, what happens when you fight economics? Uh, you said that you lose in, but economics pushes back. It cares nothing for your vision, speeches, songs, hats, and rallies. Mm. Indeed, not even the world's biggest guns and armies can stop the forces of supply and demand. Mm. That's true. Look at the war on drugs. Perfect proof right there. They've spent billions on uh, tens of billions, probably, I don't know how many billions, lots of them, uh, on trying to stop the drugs from coming in and going out of various different places. And it doesn't work. And Every where, now and then, and where can, his harm reduction, you know, succeeded the best, Portugal. Where yeah, where they're letting people have small amounts of drugs, basically legally. Yeah, and that's resulted in fewer uh, fewer addicts, addicts being treated and solving their addiction problems, and uh, a healthier society overall because of that. Seems like a model that we should follow. But all the efforts in the world to interdict drugs have been major failures. Anyway, go ahead with more. To watch economics pushback is not always pretty. Mm. Markets fall. People lose jobs. Settled supply chains are brutally disrupted. Economic growth turns downward. Prices rise. Whole industries suffer grave damage. It can be grim to watch. Still, there is something wonderfully comforting about this. It means that no man can finally ruin the world so long as economic forces are at work. Economics humbles despots. Maybe not right away, but in the long run. Mm. 
So where are we today with the Trump administration's trade war, which arrogantly set out to reverse the market-driven development of the global division of labor? There is talk of recession in the air. The caller from earlier. Yeah, somebody was yeah. calling about that. Financial markets are about uh, are about where they were when this all began and are facing downward pressure. Hmm. Germany appears to be in a recession. U.S. export markets for agricultural goods are so bad that the Trump administration is moving towards a third bailout. There is for no, farmers. Yeah, that's what we I, we talked. Uh-huh. I talked about that briefly. You know, yeah. they they put the tariffs on them, and now there's a bailout to 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 make up for that. There is no greatness to behold. Uh, Chad Brown and Douglas Earn have issued the following ominous statement. I don't know who those uh, guys are. I'm yeah. guessing economists. Okay, go ahead. A future U.S. administration that wants to chart a more traditional course on trade will be able to undo some of the damage and start repairing the United States' tattered reputation as a reliable trading partner. Mm. In some respects, however, there will be no going back. The Trump administration's attack on the WTO and the expansive legal rationalizations it has given for many of its protectionist actions threaten to pull apart the unified global trading system. And on China, it has become clear that the administration is bent on severing, not fixing, the relationship. The separation of the mm. world's two largest economies would trigger a global realignment. That does uh, not sound good. Maybe. Yeah. For, for those other countries, maybe. Uh, other countries would be forced to choose between rival trade blocks. Even if Trump loses re-election in 2020, global trade will never be the same. Boy, that's a dire prediction. Right. And I said, I said maybe because if you have the two you know largest competitors in the industry like collapsing, mm-hmm. right, that could give rise for uh, an unknown producer of some sort of commodity or good that was previously hurt by whatever trade relations the U.S. and China had that now is available to the global economy if they can if they can keep up with production. You never know. Sure. Yeah. I mean, somebody's yeah. going to make some money somewhere. Yeah, There's no doubt about that. But in the meantime, you've got farmers that might go out of business or right. whoever is going to get hurt by these tariffs inside the United States. It's true that even under the best possible conditions, all interventions since January 2018 are reversed and the U.S. goes hat in hand to country after country with a sense of regret mm. for the absurdities of the last 18 months. Yeah, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> During the next election cycle, you never know. No, it's not going to happen. Okay. I mean, look, even if you put in a Democrat in 2020... Maybe they'll undo some of the trade sanctions or whatever, but they'll probably put their own. They'll probably put their own in on top of that because they've got people they don't like. Right? Countries uh, run by governments they disfavor and they want to punish, and it's just all about their own personal agenda and maximizing whatever opinions they've got. If it's all anti-Trump sentiment, though, I think that it would go a long way to go like, yeah, he was an idiot and he did this, and we're just going to undo that, and you know. Sorry about the last four years. Or yeah, that'd be great. I mean, yeah. Obama could have done that with Bush, but he didn't. That is also true. Right. He could have come in there and been like, I'm so sorry about this whole war in Iraq, Afghanistan thing. We're just going to go ahead and close this down, close down Guantanamo Bay. We'll bring back all the troops from all these different bases, and we're just going to mind our own business over here. We're willing to trade with you. But that wasn't what Obama was all about. He was about continuing business as usual in the U.S. It would have been Ron Paul who would have said those things. <laughs> right. So, and they laughed him out of uh, the primary. That's not what Americans want. Americans don't want to make right with the world. They want to be in charge, a lot of them, right? I mean, I'm speaking very generally here. They think yeah. that their S doesn't stink and that, uh, you know, this is sort of ethnocentrism idea that America's the best. We're the best country in the world. We can do whatever we want. 
Well, which is why I think when he says U.S. goes hat in hand, at, at some point you collapse so far mm-hmm. that you're that's your that's your only option. You have to be you humble. Have to, you, you have, have to, to eat some. Crow. You have been humbled. Now you must eat the crow. There's more coming up here. Politicians aren't good at eating crow, though. That's the thing. You don't want to have a politician in that position because uh, they're not so good at being humble. They're uh, sociopaths. Eight fifty five, four fifty free, like freedom. They don't care. We're coming up. It's free talk. This is Free Talk Live. You may join us here. The toll-free number, 855-450-FREE. Like Freedom, we also have the Discord call-in line rooms. They're open over at discord.lrn.fm. And I want to say thank you to John, who is a silver amplifier. It's J-O-N, John, by the way. It's a different spelling than you might be used to. Uh, thank you, John, for becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier, being a longtime supporter here on Free Talk Live. The AMP program allows you, our listener, to become a direct supporter here on Free Talk Live to help us advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live. And who are we advertising, marketing, and promoting to? Well, mostly radio stations, but not not just that. There are some other uses for uh, for that money. And you can go to amp.freetalklive.com to get a list of some of the things that we are doing with your contributions. And also get a list of some of the perks that you get access to as a Free Talk Live amplifier, which include some of the uh, the supporters' chat rooms on our Discord forum. There's also an AMP-only Facebook group for those of you still hanging out on Facebook. So head over to amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. I'm told the group's still good, uh, that it's still pretty active, uh, but i just got to take people's word for it because I'm not on Facebook oh. anymore. There's a handful of regular contributors. That, Good. You know, yeah. Amp.freetalklive.com. Go get signed up over there. And you had a little bit more from the economics is a honey badger yeah, or the can, honey badger. We can just finish it off. Uh, coming, uh, We were talking about uh, going country to country, hat in hand, uh, with a sense of regret for the absurdities of the last 18 months and with a true dedication to restoring peace and prosperity that this would be the best way to undo the right. damage done by trump and obama and and bush, bush. And, so and, on so and so on and so on yeah yeah it will take many years to repair the damage the best possible path like you said ian uh, is highly unlikely yep at least this time there appears to be a chance that the public blame will be placed in the right place maybe there will be learning as there was following the similar debacle mm. in the 1930s i hope so if there is to be learning, let economics be our teacher. If we refuse, however, economic reality won't care. It just keeps operating. It'll keep teaching the lessons. Exactly. Whether or not you absorb them is a whole other like question. Like the honey badger who just powers on uh, to tie it back into the title. Uh, economic reality won't care. It just keeps operating regardless of the intention of any of the world's most smart and powerful people. End of the article. Jeffrey Tucker. Yep. And uh, once again, the source on that AI. E-R-R.org. Let's go to Mason. He's in Virginia listening to WLNI-FM in Lynchburg. Hello, Mason. Hey. I do agree with a lot of what he's saying with economics. Um, The greatest allies of economics, or should I say the things that economics produces, I believe, is capitalism um, and also prosperity. Uh, You're right. It is a honey badger. It will do what it it wants, and it has created a lot of freedom around the world, and it will continue creating freedom around the world, including places like China. And I do believe that Donald Trump, unlike most politicians and presidents before him, 
is actually causing a great stir in economics. And he's what he's doing, he's got a pair of scissors, and he's trimming up the, the big bush, the big monster of a bush of economics. He's just trimming it, making it look good, and getting it better for America and getting better deals. I don't believe that he's destroying America in any way, shape, or form. You're saying all That's the tariffs that. and bailouts and all the all what we would consider to be economic destruction is trimming the bush of economics? Tariffs. Right now, tariffs created in Mexico a threat which made it force them forget the wall. We're fixing the immigration problem. Forget the wall. the wall. Okay. Okay. Give moving me a away from that. I still, I, I, yeah, okay, let's move away from that. Tariffs also with China that he's doing is causing Hong Kong and other little countries, especially Hong Kong, since they had their freedom, they weren't Chinese all the time. They were under the British for a long time, mm-hmm. and they were a major city, and they're like the fourth economical power, economic house in, in Asia, for sure. They're very strong, and it's creating a, a, where they're having American flags and singing our national anthem over in Hong Kong while facing China which is a massive army. I don't think that has anything to do with Donald Trump's uh, tariffs. tariffs. Yes, I think it does, actually. Please explain why you think that has anything to do with that. Yeah, please, I've never made that connection. Okay, well, first of all, Hong Kong is more of a Western society than it is Chinese or communist. Have you been there? uh, uh, Yes. Oh, really? Briefly for like two or three days. Okay. It's a pretty well-known positive economic zone. Oh, no doubt. It's yeah. very free economically and historically has been. It's actually ranked frequently as the number one most economically free place, even after the Chinese uh, took it over in yeah. the in the late 1990s. Because they left it alone. And it's Right. And it's actually <laughs> a very, uh, as I understand it, a multicultural kind of place. Like, I've read stories about, like, if you want to get a job as a waitress, you better speak at least four languages fluently. There's, there's just no oh, yeah. low-skill I mean, job there. Yeah, no. Uh, Hong Kong is a very good representation of the Asian market, and where I, I do believe, like New York City here in America, uh, is a major economic city. Um, Hong Kong, China can't live without Hong Kong, and I, I, I think that because of Donald Trump's tariffs, these people, the citizens of Hong Kong, who still uh, consider themselves not Chinese, but they, they consider themselves separate. They see that Donald Trump is willing to tell China, hey, you know, we're not going to do business like this anymore. You're not going to keep using slave labor. You're not going to keep stealing our patents, stealing our deals, making things cheaper, and then selling it back to us. He's saying, look, we're going to slap some tariffs on you unless you straighten up your act, get the situation cleaned up. And he's using it as a political measure. It's definitely being used as a political measure. It's being used for uh, the furtherance of Donald Trump's political campaign is what it is. And the people, as I understand, and I've not been following the Hong Kong situation closely, but as I understand it, it's a struggle for uh, more localized control and so-called democracy as opposed to the Chinese Congress. They're afraid if Hong Hong Kong, if somebody who lives in Hong Kong commits uh, a crime against China, that they can go, they'll be taken to the mainland of China, which they definitely will, and they'll definitely be lost in their system because their their prisons and their they have right. to and that's a legitimate concern. There's no doubt about it. And Donald Trump is not a factor. Okay, in me, that uh, that situation. Uh, well, then tell me why they're shooting American flags and singing our national anthem and want freedom. Because they don't understand what the real America democracy is not freedom, and it, it, yeah, and as uh, as Richie's pointing out, a lot of people don't understand. They there's still a mythology out there that yeah. America has freedom, and we don't. 
It's the no, it's the I, it's the idea it's of the American dream, not the actual American policies of. of Look, current. I mean, I would love to live the American dream myself. I'm still slaving away uh, under creditors, under jobs, under everything. I'm just as much of a slave as someone in China at that point because I have to go to work. If I don't go to work, I don't eat, I don't sleep. Nobody's going to be there to pick up my slack. Well, you've so unfortunately, Mason. While you're not wrong about some things, you've fallen under the uh, the great man syndrome that I think you touched on earlier tonight, Richie. The and I think it was F, uh, Jeffrey Tucker who mentioned it in his article. Yeah. Uh, the idea that there's this great man out there, as you described it, with a pair of scissors who can just trim up the uh, the economy and make it you know a nicer looking bush or something like that, and, uh, and the idea that one man can have the right direction to go or to know what is the right thing to do uh, okay, the well, right tariffs to put into place tariffs are a tax on americans you understand that right i yeah i do understand that and tariffs sometimes when you have when you're growing or whatever you get growing pains that's what tariffs are no, to me. They're, no. they're pain they're pain that we have an economically for a little bit that causes our economy to boom and causes us to grow i mean we might yeah. have a different perspective on economics and that's not uh, how it so, works you don't you don't okay. cause the economy well, to boom by forcing people to pay more for things than they otherwise would pay it, what what is what he's doing is just setting the, the global economy straight because it's been crooked for a long time ridiculous. in my opinion but we'll see we'll see what happens you know guys we'll see we're seeing what we'll happens uh, farmers are losing uh business recessions Farm, talks farmers of recessions. have been going out of business for a long time now so man. let's make it worse I mean, I, I feel bad for the farmers because they're, look, it's like the mail system. It's like a lot of things that we used to have and that were strong at one point in time, but because of technology, because of things, you know, we always need to eat food. I get that. But right. nowadays we, we've got the ability to plow fields twice, three times the amount that we did a hundred years ago because of technology. So no, because of tariffs. Yeah. Right, and the technology is a good thing. Tariffs are not technology. Tariffs are a bad old idea that gets in the way of development of business, that stops economics from transpiring, that stops trade from happening, and it stops people from doing the things that they want to do. Uh, I thank it's you for the basic call. economic warfare. It's basic economic and warfare. And warfare just destroys people. Thank you for the call tonight. It's political warfare, Mason. because that, economics doesn't care. I do appreciate the call and the, the discussion. Uh, but you know you don't want to bring warfare into you know business. That's no. not productive. It's destructive. Right at its core. At its it essence. doesn't make things better. Picking a winner and picking a loser because you've got the bombs on your side. This is not what you want to have happen in a free country. But then again, nobody's under the delusion that this is a free country even anymore. And he admitted that during the call. Chinese people are. Yeah, unfortunately, there's still that <laughs> mythology out there. Some of the folks in Africa who've called in still think that the U.S. is uh, is free as well. We'll see you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, freetalklive.com. Hey, everyone. This is Charlie Shrem. You've seen me on the Netflix documentary, Banking on Bitcoin, and the new best-selling book, Bitcoin Billionaires. I want to invite you to join me on my new show, Untold Stories, for a deep dive into crypto history with the people who made that history. Together, we'll explore the personalities and events that gave rise to Bitcoin and the crypto revolution, the innovation, the collaboration, the battles, and the busts. You'll have a front row seat to the early days of crypto up to today. 
and you'll hear from the folks who lived through it and survived to drive this movement mainstream. Untold Stories looks back to reveal what inspired some of the greatest minds on Earth to come together to create this technology and change the future for everyone. So join me and my guests, the techies and the traders, the entrepreneurs and the innovators, as we explore our past and understand what that means for the future. Listen now on UntoldStories.com. That's UntoldStories.com.